I'm wondering if you're ever curious about some of the products that you put on your body, on your face, on your skin, and think about what that might be doing to you and just what's really in some of those products. We're going to get into it right now with our guest, who's an assistant professor in environmental chemistry and toxicology at Carleton University, Dr. Amy Rand. Dr. Rand, thanks so much for making the time. Good to talk to you. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Chelsea. I think that, you know, for most of us, we sort of have this general awareness that maybe some of the things that we're putting on our bodies and our skin have something in them. But sometimes, you know, ignorance can feel like bliss. Mm -hmm. And we're going to shed that away a little bit and talk about what's really (laughs) in some of our products. We're talking about toxic chemicals. Let's just clarify what it is that we're talking about, what products that we're talking about maybe being potentially harmful. Yeah, um, so some of the products we screen for these potentially toxic chemicals were really quite diverse. So ranging from bronzers, powder foundations, sunscreens, like personal care products, like moisturizers, cleansers. So the whole gamut of products. Um, and the, the, and we're interested in looking at the, the specific kind of chemicals within these products available to can- Canadians, of course. What what prompted wanting to to look into this and do kind of a deep dive? Where did you come at this from? Yeah, so several years ago, there were there was a group out of Korea that had published a study looking at uh, like a, a similar theme, looking at um, cosmetics and personal care products and the kind of that the the specific kind of ingredients within these and. Um, I, I was specifically interested in looking for a group of compounds called per and polyfluoroalkyl substances, or for short, PFAS. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so what this group found was that there was a, quite a high level of PFAS used as ingredients in these products. A few years later, um, there was a similar study out of Europe, I think in Sweden, publishing similar findings. Um, high levels of PFAS in lots of different kinds of products. So I just I wanted to follow up from the Canadian perspective, especially considering that Canadian current federal Canadian regulations prohibit some of the the um, the chemicals that were being found in these products elsewhere. So I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically curious about whether we'd find the same thing in Canada. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think it would be surprising to some people that we have very different sets of regulations here in Canada for some of our products compared to places like Europe where the guidelines are much stricter in terms of what can actually be put to market. So where does Canada stack up in terms of what's available and what could potentially be toxic in our products? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So there's a couple of different streams to come at this from. The first is that Canada does a really good job at regulating specific kinds of PFAS. So I guess the, the background is that there's lots of PFAS. There's 8,000 or so different kinds of PFAS chemicals. So Canada regulates currently um, some of the most environmentally concerning PFAS, as well as the, the PFAS that might be causing harm to our health. And in addition, they, they regulate any, any chemical that might degrade or break down to form the most harmful PFAS. And so, um, so I say that just because some of the compounds that are that should be restricted and prohibited from use in products in Canada 
are, are those that are present as ingredients in these cosmetics and personal care products. Great. Okay. So what does this mean? What do they do to us? <laughs> okay. So, um, so it, it, PFAS can be concerning. Um, the, the, I guess the most commonly studied PFAS would be called PFOA and PFOS. Okay. And so these two chemicals are linked to, in humans, there's been human studies that have linked them to increased cholesterol level, decreased vaccine responses. There can be also increased risk of um, certain cancers like kidney and testicular cancer. And so, and, and there's also more evidence using lab animal models um, showing that PFAS, specifically PFOA and PFOS, um, are are very much associated with damage to the liver and the immune system. Um, they can cause developmental effects. Um, so, so we're, we're slowly generating this body of evidence that PFAS is potentially harmful. And, and again, I think the regulations are good in that they've, they've been in place for a while now. And so, um, it, it really restricts the, the the high exposures that we might be having to these chemicals. But you mentioned that there are 8,000 different types of PFAS chemicals that could be in some of our products. Uh, have all 8,000 been rigorously tested? Uh, no, that's a great question. Uh, no. Um, so <laughs> uh, the, there are currently methods that are being developed to screen the number of the 8,000 chemicals that are out there. Um, this is really emerging science. So I think the first step is to really understand what these 8,000 chemicals are, right. um, screen them, and then and then obviously they will be different. They're <laughs> um, they have they will have a diverse. Uh, uh, diversity of responses in terms of risk and, and whether they might be environmentally harmful as well. But even if there is a slight risk, I mean, how mm-hmm. do these become regulated? Could they not still be put into many different products and still sold so long as they contain some kind of a warning? Yeah, yeah. So so there's been a couple of regions. So the, the EU is taking a really nice proactive approach where they, instead of waiting for the evidence to come in, mm-hmm. there is a proposal put out this year saying that any chemical with a CF2 group, not to get too chemistry for you, or a CF3 group, we will not, we, we would like to ban all of these chemicals from market within the next five years, rather than test individual chemicals, wow. which will obviously take years. Um, so that's one proposal. Similarly, California um, has taken the same PFAS definition and has specifically applied that to cosmetics and personal care products, saying that any ingredient with this chemical structure will be prohibited by, I think, 2025. Okay, call me skeptical, maybe, but I wonder if some of these big companies, these big cosmetic companies, have enough power that they can push back Mm. against the science Mm. and still be putting things into our products. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's a that's a good point. Um, Some, I mean, some companies I know have 
again, been proactive and since these studies have come out, have come out and said, okay, we are, we are going to remove all of the PFAS from these products. I think this includes L'Oreal, Body Shop, H&M. Um, but, but yeah, without effective screening and communication, then it might be easy for other companies to simply continue using these right. PFAS. Yeah. I wonder, are, are organic or natural or, you know, plant-based is such a huge movement now, even in the beauty yeah. industry. Are those products uh-huh. generally safer? Hmm, good question. Uh, we didn't explicitly test organic products, clean, like, so, quote-unquote, clean mm-hmm. products. Uh, that, <laughs> Chelsea, that's an interesting <laughs> next uh, aspect of the study, <laughs> we'll, we'll follow up with. Okay. Well, um, I'm glad that I can. I'm glad that I can lead you there. As I wonder now, what I can buy that's that's potentially safe. You know, you sort of have, I think, this idea, especially as a woman, that you're kind of experimenting mm-hmm. on yourself. And there are so many yeah. products that are sold to you. You know, whether it's skincare, whether it's makeup, or you know, whatever it is. You, you, I think there's this kind of this thought in the back of your mind that you know maybe there is something in this. How? What does the science say in terms of how much you actually absorb into your body? Mm, yeah. Okay. So um, I guess previously it was thought that absorption through the skin when it comes to PFAS wasn't a big deal, um, just the way it looks chemically. But as we're gaining more interest in this area, it's finding that it's not in, it's not an insignificant amount that, so there's been a few really recent studies that have been sh- that have shown that if if you are to take a say a sunscreen that has PFAS in it, apply it to your skin, over the course of three weeks, you will have like measurable amounts of PFAS in your bloodstream that wow. come from that sunscreen. Um, yeah, about- and so. Yeah, go ahead. What about the and the environment then as a whole too? I mean, whether we're absorbing it into our into our bodies or whether we're just kind of, you know, continuing this chemical concoction that goes into the environment, yeah. is that also a danger? Yeah, yeah, good good point too. Um so certainly there's a human health impact, but there's also a big environmental impact. So these PFAS are sometimes termed as forever chemicals in that they, they there's no environmental mechanism that can break these chemicals down. And so a really serious um, consideration when it comes to PFAS is, is where the, the, these chemicals go once you're done using these products. So they'll, they, you wash them off, they'll eventually make their way into wastewater treatment plants. The treatment plants do not currently have a way to break them down, so they'll go out into the environment and then they will persist there and um, cause disruption environmentally and to the wildlife living, obviously, in, in the environment. Wow. Is there any good news, Dr. Rand? Is there any, oh. any direction we can go as consumers? Yeah, I mean, it's nice that the regulations are start, are really starting to address this. Some are, again, being really proactive. Canada does have good regulations in place. I think this has just been a slip, unfortunately, in, in, in oversight over the past few years that hopefully will gain some more traction in the next year or so. But I think in terms of what we can do as consumers, and I say we with respect to you and and me, who also uses the products, um, I I think it's important for us to, like, just screen the ingredient lists ourselves. So, um, 
just look for ingredients, they say, per floor in them because that's likely to be associated with PFAS per floor. Um, the other, I just also found out about uh, apps that you can download onto your phone. Um, one specifically is called Yuka, Y-U-K-A. And it seems like a really nice, easy app to use where you can just screen the ingredient list or the barcode of a product or food item, and it will tell you whether there are hazardous substances in oh. that product. Yeah, it's and it, it seems really, I haven't used it too much, but it seems very user-friendly and um, is a nice step in the direction of limiting exposure to potentially toxic compounds. But it sounds like at the moment now, you know, uh, it's it's really, it's in the consumer's hands to just try your best to choose wisely as these things, be, you know, get get more testing and we find out yeah. more and more about what's really in some of the things that we're using. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yes, it's in our hands. But I mean, we do have some power. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, yeah, in, in terms of just checking those ingredients lists and and using the technology that's that exists. Also, um, contacting local MPs to raise the issue on the on the um, government front. Yeah, well, we have an election going on right now in our province, so yet yes, another election here. issue to bring yes. up when they knock on your door. Dr. Rand, thank you so much for, for chatting this afternoon. I know you kind of had to strip some of the science away to make this really accessible for, for myself and for our listeners, but uh, you've done a great job. Thank you for your research here. Okay. Yeah, of course. Thanks for the interest, Chelsea. Of Take course. Care. Thank you so much. Dr. Amy Rand is Assistant Professor in Environmental Chemistry and Toxicology at Carleton University, letting us know about some of the details when it comes to what's really in our products.